this session we continue just to look at the promise that God gave uh, in a comparison between us as human fathers and him as our heavenly father in Matthew chapter 7 where he says if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit or give good gifts to them that ask both those uh, promises are there good gifts and the Holy Spirit who is a wonderful gift and uh, I want us to look at that in the context of the fact that God has made all of us uh, designed us to be proficient and to progress to make progress God doesn't never designed either us as believers or individually or his church collectively he's never designed us just to stay in the same place to stagnate uh, to get into a rut and just routine and just into formulas and just uh, eventually Christian living becomes boring and even Christian meetings become so boring. God is a creative God and he wants it and he's made us in his image and he wants us to be creative and we can be that. And I want to have a look at some of those areas of, uh, of, that he wants us to be creative, to be um, make progress and also to become more proficient in. So we're going to look first of all at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and, and verse Two verses there, verses 17 and 18, and I want to read them to you. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect. It's so important that God wants us to reflect. Be like Him. Show people what we like. We are to reflect the Lord's glory. We are, to be, are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So God wants us to become more and more like Jesus, to become more and more effective, proficient in our walk with him uh, and churches that we lead or are part of that they become more and more proficient and that they don't stagnate, that they keep moving forward into more and more and more and more and more and more of what God has for us and see the fruit of that so one day we can stand before him and say father this is what you made available to me this is what i've done with it and i've done my best and he can say well done good and faithful servant enter now into the, the joy of the lord so if you just look also at a second little portion of the scripture quickly that i'd like to read as i launch into this and that is in philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through to 14. Philippians 3 verse 12 says this, Not that I have already obtained all this. He's talking about uh, the fellowship of his suffering, knowing Christ deeper, going deeper in, forgetting what is behind, etc. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Now, last, the last session I covered was maturity, perfection. And so this is closely linked to that, this that we're looking at this morning in this session. And... Uh, it's progress and proficiency. God has ordained us to be proficient. God has ordained us. I have to drill this in again. God has ordained us to make progress, to go forward. Luke chapter 2, speaking of Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, I think it's verse 40, says, 
Jesus grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. <laughs> A little later in verse 52, it says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and, and in favor with God and man. So Jesus grew. Not only was this maturity, he progressed. He moved forward. He grew bigger. He grew larger. <laughs> he grew outward. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, Paul says this to Timothy, Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. That's what we're looking at, progress. So that everyone may see your progress. People should look at our lives, those that know us, and see we're progressing. We're becoming progressively more like Jesus and progressively more effective and efficient and proficient. And uh, they should look at our church, the church we're part of too. And they should be able to see that that is also progressing, becoming more like Jesus, more effective, more efficient, growing in grace and in the knowledge of God. And yet so often, all around the world, it seems so often, so many pastors, so many leaders and believers seem to be stuck in the same place. For years, churches, you, you visit them, you go back a year, two years, three years, four years later, and they're exactly the same, singing the same songs, doing the same thing, maybe a few different songs, but the same way, uh, no new believers being added, no fresh anointings and blessings and growth and all that God has. In other words, they're just stagnant and they're not progressing into all that God has for us. Just doing the same old predictable things. And eventually they just become boring, don't they? And God has created us to be... To, God is a God of create, uh, creativity. And we are created in the image of God. We are able to be creative with what God makes available to us. And so God wants us. And so often in the Bible, God is saying words like, break camp, move on, come out from among them. Um, Jesus had to go outside the city, uh, uh, come out of the camp, etc., etc. It's just, we get caught, even in our prayer times, our reading of our scriptures, it just becomes ritual and rut and routine. And, uh, and eventually, it has very little life in it. Now, if, if you're feeling that possibly that's where you're at, I, I just want to encourage you and say, that's not God's desire for you. God has created you for more than that. And so God is con constantly, and I believe he's saying that to every one of you listening this, to this uh, preach this morning, that he's saying to you, uh, get out on a limb where the fruit is. Be willing to follow him. Take some risks. Look to him for his guidance. Break camp. But this demands change. And so I want us to read, if you wouldn't mind just turning in your Bibles to Colossians and chapter 1, and we're going to read a few verses there, Colossians, picking up in verse 3, <clears throat> where Paul is saying this, he's giving thanks to, the, to God for the church, but he's also encouraging them uh, in telling them what he's praying for, what, what he sees in God is expected it to happen and change for them. So he says, we always, this is verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. That's, isn't it wonderful that we can thank God for the people God's given to us, that God's linked us with around the world? Uh, I'm constantly thanking God 
for, for New Covenant Ministries, for the team, for what he's doing in and through the team, for pastors and churches that are in relationship with us and friendship with us, serving him, serving his purposes. He says, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you because we've heard of your one faith in Christ Jesus, of your love that you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from hope that is stored up for you in, in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth. The gospel that has come to you. Now listen to this. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing. Just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it, understood, understood God's grace in all its truth. Verse 9, he says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray that this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in knowledge, growing in knowledge, growing in knowledge, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. And so he goes on. I'd love to have read more, but time doesn't allow. So you could turn and look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through to 21 as well. Read that for yourself. And you'll see that progress, moving on, not stagnating, but moving on. Now, here's some of the areas that I believe we just need to have a look at, just to start our thinking, our thinking processes. I hope you'll go deeper than this. I wish I had the time. I'm looking, I'm seeing it already taken 10 minutes. But some of those areas God wants us to progress in and become more proficient. One is this. First one that I'm just going to touch on is our knowledge of the Word of God. To the degree that we know the Word of God, that will determine the degree that we know of God himself. To know God. To know God, we've got to know God's Word. Otherwise, we don't know the true God. The Word of God reveals a true God, but do are we increasing and are we um, progressing and becoming more proficient in our knowledge of, of God Himself and through the Word of God? God's, that's the only way our, our, our understanding is going to grow. We've got to, our understanding needs to progress. Our theology and our doctrine need to develop. Uh, our lives need to, to develop and become more like Jesus. Our preaching needs to become more proficient and, uh, and, and progress. Our counsel, our guidance and all these things that we are, as, as people of God are called to be and to do, true grace. Do we really have a biblical understanding that's progressively helping us to understand what is true grace? Grace that it's not only the free, undeserved merit of God, but it also teaches us to say no to ungodliness, the grace that causes us to stand, etc., etc. Uh, we, we're talking about the knowledge of, 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 our, of the Word of God. What about the knowledge of the all-inclusiveness of the gospel, that God has no favorites, that God loves all people, even people you and I may battle with that we don't like, Different kinds of people, different nations, colors, uh, language groups. 
some that may be a little difficult to to, to uh, get close to. God, we've got to, we need to be, be progressing in our understanding that God loves everyone equally and that we cannot pick and choose. Are we progressing or we're we just sticking with the same little group that we love, same little friendships, uh, never, well, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Are we progressing in understanding how much God has really made available to us? That this gospel is all in, not only all-inclusive and including all sorts of people, but in every area of our lives. There's not an area of our life that the gospel isn't available to change and sustain and help and grow us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says this, to live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him. This is what Paul was praying for, which we read a moment ago. And may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. What you're doing for God, is it developing? Is it becoming more progressive? Is it actually becoming more proficient? And then he says, growing in the knowledge of God. So that's the first one, our knowledge of his word. Secondly, our knowledge and understanding of his will, his will for our life, for our family, for our church, developing ongoingly this understanding, this knowledge of his will that's developing, ongoingly resulting in more effectiveness and truly representing him. Are we progressing in that? Are we progressing also in his ways, not only his word, but his will and his ways? God has ways, not formulas. Are we, have we just got into where we've just got formulas for prayer, formulas for preaching, formulas for wealth, formulas for happy marriage, formulas for counsel, formulas for worship, formulas for how we conduct the meetings? Or are we learning God's ways? God has ways, not formulas and not methods. So are we progressing in our our, our understanding of, of not only his word and his will but his ways for us our lives and our church psalm 25 verses 4 and 5 and verse 9 and 11 say this i just condensed it show me your ways this is what the psalmist was praying show me your ways O lord teach me your paths guide me in your truth and teach me we should be praying that show me your ways O lord teach me your paths Guide me in your truth and teach me. Psalm 103, verses 7 through to 18. I've just picked out this one little part of it, but read it for yourself. Psalm 103. He made known his ways to Moses. Psalm 25, 14 says, The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Proverbs 3, 32 says, He takes the upright into his confidence. He confides in them. He takes them into his confidence. Isaiah 2 verse 3 says that he will teach us his ways. John 16 verses 12 through to 25 talks about when the Spirit of the Lord comes, he will guide us, he will lead us into all truth. 1 Corinthians 2 9 to 16 says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed these things to us by his Spirit. So the Holy Spirit just bear this in mind now. The Holy Spirit can speak directly to individuals, telling them what to do and where to go. Acts 2, Acts chapter 8, verse 28, it says the Spirit told Philip to go. In Acts uh, 10, verses 19 and 20, 
The Spirit told Peter to go to Cornelius's household. But he can also, the Holy Spirit can speak to the church, telling them what to do and where to go. <clears throat> Acts 13.2, while they were praying and fasting, the Spirit said, separate Barnabas and Saul unto me for the work to which I have called them. So he can even speak to a church. He can tell them, also tell them where not to go, not only where to go. In Acts 16, verses 6 and 7, it says they were being kept from the from preaching in the in the province of Asia by the Spirit. Later on, it says, and the Spirit would not allow them to go into Bithynia. So the Holy Spirit can tell us directly what to do, where, what to say, where to go, where not to go. He can even warn of danger like he did in Acts chapter 20. You can read it for yourself, verse 23. So what, we need to develop a sensitivity in, in to, to the Spirit's voice that enables us to be able to say honestly with like they did in Acts 15, 20, it seemed good to the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and to us. Development. Remember when seeking God's guidance, so just a little word of, word of caution, when you're seeking God's guidance, that His guidance will always be in harmony with the Scriptures. The circumstances, the externals may differ or vary, but the principles of His will and his ways are the same today as they were in the days of the book of Acts. Moving on from that, not only that we should know his word and his will and his ways, but are we developing, are we uh, progressing in, in understanding what is flesh and what is spirit? Remember Jesus said in John 3, chapter, six, chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, that... <clears throat> uh, the wind blows where it pleases, but then he goes on and he says, and flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. So much happens in our lives. So many people get involved in our lives, even in our meetings. That is flesh. We people try to stir people up, but they stir them up flesh in a fleshly way. Have we progressive, progressed and become more proficient in understanding what is spirit, what is, uh, what is flesh? Even in so-called prophecies and gifts of the spirits, so many of them are just flesh. They're not God or spirit uh, inspired. They flesh. People may mean have uh, good intentions, and they may mean you know uh, mean well. But but God wants all of us, leaders and believers, followers, to just be able to discern, to progress, and understanding that was flesh, that was spirit, that was spirit, that was flesh. <clears throat> And then moving on, I'm looking at the time and just feeling a little bit of pressure, unfortunately. But we also need to, to, to develop and grow and progress and become more proficient in understanding what works and what doesn't work. In 2 Peter chapter, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 18, Peter talks about being ineffective and unfruitful so that you will prevent you from being ineffective and unfruitful. We need to know what works and what doesn't work. <clears throat> so much of what we do in our meetings or even in our lives or even in our prayer times or even in our Bible study, what are we progressively becoming more proficient, growing, understanding what works, what doesn't, and then moving on quickly to another one of those things, are we progressing in what we, will, what we do and what we allow to happen in our meetings for those of us who are leaders?
so many people seem to be just stuck in the mud there. They, what, they just allow stuff to go and, they, and they, the same stuff 10 years later is, is being allowed in the meetings. Uh, we need to become more proficient and, more, and make progress in what we do and allow in our meetings, how we conduct ourselves in the meetings, even when we're preaching or when we're prophesying. Ask yourself, and I often have to do this, and so often when I'm watching preachers preach, I, I, I just say, I wonder, does this represent how Jesus would be when they're screaming at people, when they're jumping all over the place, showing off, uh, running and doing things that are just, they're just doing things that make people, they hope will make people be impressed. Would Jesus do that? I don't believe Jesus screamed all the time at people and raised his voice and all the tricks and antics that people are using. You, are we are we becoming more proficient and progressing in what how we conduct ourselves? Uh, what we should be focusing on and involved with and in, what should be discarded in our meetings or in our lives, and what should be tossed out, what should be repented of, and what we should start doing and what we should stop doing. What church is really like, this is another one of those things. Are we progressing in our understanding and our knowledge and, and, and becoming more proficient in understanding and presenting and being what church really is? How many of us are truly under, are developing and understanding what the church really is? Like the church is Christ's body. It's not people sitting in a, in a seat. It's Christ's body. A body has to be actively doing things. Uh, uh, it should be doing his will, the Father's will. Do you remember in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, quoting Psalm 40, verses 6 to 8? It says there, Jesus said, I delight to do your will. I've come to, to do your will. And he says, a body you have prepared for me. Christ needs a body to be able to do the will of the Father. So are we understanding that that's true church? People that don't, aren't doing the will of the Father, aren't really part of the true body of Christ, that it's, it's his body, that the church really comprises of only born-again believers, not people sitting in pews, attending when they want. It's, it's born-again people committed to Christ, committed their lives, who've said, I'm not my own, I've been bought with a price, I want to glorify God with my body and with my spirit, which belong to the Lord. It's not just attendees. It's born-again believers involved. That demands God-ordained translocal team recognition. Church, that's true church. True church demands God-ordained translocal team and recognition of, of people that are anointed in, in leadership. That Christ alone is the true head of the church. These are all parts of, are we growing in our understanding, developing progressing in our understanding of what church is, that it, Christ is its head, no pastor, no leaders, that it should be uh, being more like Jesus, ongoingly, effectively equipping and sending people, that, that the church is the pillar and foundation of truth, only truth. That's all that the Spirit of God can, believe, uh, can bless. 
So all of this, God's Spirit will guide. I have to just, um, there's so many other things I'd like to have said, but time's run out. All of this, God's Spirit will guide and lead us into and impart to us, make us real in us, if we will give Him opportunity. We'll wait upon Him, obey Him, and honestly want to please Him. But it requires patience as well as faith. Hebrews 6, 12, I think it is, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. True faith, faith that perseveres. It requires honesty, truth in our desires, in our motives. God uses his word and his word is truth. John 17, 17, Jesus himself said to the father, your word is true. So it demands truth. It demands the word of God. It demands getting back to and knowing more and more about the word of God, the will of God, the ways of God, the wonders of God, all sorts of things I'd love to talk about. But God's main supply for strategies that make us develop, become more proficient and progress further in God, God's main uh, source supply, supply is the Word of God. You can read it for yourself in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through to 17. That Paul is effectively saying to Timothy, if you want to be a true man of God, everything you need, everything you need is in the Word of God. So make sure you study that Word. That's what he's saying. Read it for yourself. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. His Word reveals His will, His ways, His wonders, etc. So embrace and, com and implement the following scriptures. And this, with this I have to close. First of all, Psalm 25 Maybe I'll just read one or two of these psalms, give you the other references. Psalm 25, and I'm going to read just uh, verses 4 and 5. Psalm 25, verse 4 says this, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are my, my God and my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And then if you just look at verse 9 and 10 of that same psalm, Psalm 25, he says this, this is the promise of God. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep his, his, the demands of his covenant. And then have a look at Psalm 103, verses 7 and 8. Pray the prayer Moses prayed in Exodus 33, verses 12 to 13. I, I was, time's running out. Proverbs 3, 26 the little last part says, the Lord takes the upright into his confidence. Remember this, these promises. Philippians 1.6 says this. Remember this. Being confident of, the, of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it, continue it till the day, and complete it till the day of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 54, verses 1 to 3. It says that... The, the barren woman needs to enlarge her tent, dig deeper, move further out. That was part of how Bryanston New Covenant Church started. And out of that came New Covenant Ministries International. God was saying, the least of you shall become a thousand. And the, 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 sixth, the, the last verse of that chapter uh, that we just spread out, that kings would come to us, men and women of stature, of authority, of power. Uh, our sons and daughters would be bringing to us all these blessings. God wants us progressively to go on and on and on in Him. So I'm asking you, please, read Isaiah 54. Read. 
Link it with Mark chapter 10, verse 29, for your family, for yourself. That God says that if you've left homes, etc., for my sake and the gospel, all of these you'll, you'll get 10 times more, 100 times more, with a little bit of persecution, unfortunately. I wish I could uh, go into some of that. But all of the churches, everyone we relate to, God told us that the least would become a thousand. And I believed God, and people have believed God with me, even for what we're doing in the translocal setting, for thousands of churches. Well, go and give God your best. Ask Him. Pray those prayers. Pray those scriptures. And progress and become more proficient. Father, help us in Jesus' name, every person who hears us preaching, by the Spirit of God, that you would just give them revelation and transformation and a massive impartation, even now as I pray for them all. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. God bless you.